1: You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Fantasy football leagues. Then you've come to the then right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiki and Zach Rizzuto. What's up? What's up? All right, let's get into waiver wire action. Our last, well, it's not the last waiver wire, but for a lot of us. <laughs> it's the yeah. last waiver wire <laughs> for the year. Uh, hopefully you'll be able to make it to the playoffs and so you don't have to worry about it. right? You got a couple more waiver wires to go, uh, but this is an important one. You know We're going into week 14. A lot of playoff hopes on the line. Zach and I are in a league together where anything can happen this week, where yeah. four or five teams, or maybe even more, six teams are vying for the last, like, four spots, uh, you know, in our league. So, like, Anything can happen this week. Uh, I'm going up against Lawrence. Lord, don't lose on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And you know, his team is pretty good. Uh, yeah. I am so you know anything can happen. I'm I'm hoping that uh, I'm in the four spot right now, but I can easily drop all the way to eight. You know, if, if depending on how things shake out.
2: <laughs> I, I don't know. I like your team. You know, I, I think it's really good. At least your core: Christian McCaffrey, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Marquise Brown, Keenan Allen, Joe Burrow. You should be set there. I'm not worried about your team. I think you're gonna be fine. But I hope so. You know, you d- just know. a glimpse into what you know the experts' team looks like. You know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> well, you know, listen, man. I-, I know that you know, looking at your team, and then you know all, all the players that you don't ha- you know, that aren't available for you this week, uh, and then looking at my team, I can understand why you think that. Um, yeah. It-
2: I'm gonna be scraping to get by. The good thing is DeAndre Swift, you know, he's giving me a little hope. I, I was in bad shape a couple of weeks ago running back, and then Brian Robinson came on too, and DeAndre Swift yeah. is looking like normal, so not that bad. And I have Devontae no. Adams, and he has been carrying my ass. So you know, it, it, if fun. you
1: if you have running back issues and you have Brian Robinson, and now you have DeAndre Swift like making his way back, like I would be ecstatic. You know what I mean? Oh like, my
2: god. It's been
1: <laughs> it's been
2: a big help. You know, that's the only thing keeping me alive at this point.
1: Let's talk about this game last night, man. Yeah. You know, a couple of serious disappointments, right? And uh, the yeah. first one being Alvin <laughs> Kamara. Straight up losing people leagues, right? Like, mm-hmm. his usage is insane to me. Three targets, 12 carries. You know, his snap count went down in four straight games, and he was sharing the load with Mark Ingram in this game. Like, why? Fifty nine percent of snaps. quarterback. I like, know. <laughs> it makes no sense. Andy Dalton uh, should be checking it down all day to him.
2: Right. And, and that's what you expect. I mean, Andy Dalton, he looked like he was slinging it. I remember in yesteryear, it feels like forever ago, you know, that he was actually, you know, making this offense fantasy relevant. Chris Olave, those were the days for him, too. You know, he was having some good games. He was able to string them together. But recently, it's just been terrible an offense for the Saints.
1: Um, it could have been way better if Chris Olave caught that third and eight or nine, whatever it was that turned, from a touchdown, they would have been at yeah. the 10 yard line with a first down. But Chris Olave just right off his hands, uh, you know, he was he, he caught he was going to catch that ball, hit him in the hands and then he looked down before he caught it to see if he was going to step out of bounds.
3: Uh, yeah.
1: and, and I feel like that was a huge difference maker in terms of fantasy points right there. Could have yeah. been Alvin Camaro there. Could have been Chris Olave there. You know, there's a lot of potentials that could Ray, Rashid Shahid. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Like <laughs> uh, he's, coming, he's coming, he's coming on a little bit. Undrafted, rookie. Uh, interesting dynasty add. You know, re, re, you know he's been coming on a little bit. So just I wouldn't add him in redraft a dynasty like you know he's probably wa- available in waivers. Um, but yeah, man, like Alvin Kamara, dude, like. I had him as my RB seventeen coming into this week, right? But he finishes the RB forty two, and and I, I I'm worried about Kamara. Like even long term, you know, even in dynasty, like yeah, he's not looking effective right now. No,
2: and I don't want to blame it all completely on Kamara. We know the talent he is. Like when you get twelve carries and three targets, you know, I mean, I expect a little bit more than five points. You know, twenty yards on the ground you know, from Kamara, because, you know, that's just what we've come to expect from him. But I, I can't blame it completely on him. This offense is terrible. He's working with a backup quarterback and it looked like, you know, they're able to put lipstick on the pig for a little bit with Andy Dalton, that quarterback that's, you know, fallen off and the the lips have gone chapped. This offense sucks. Um, I, I think I'm not as worried about Kamara, you know, for next season as I would be maybe you know, like the rest of this season, the rest of this season looks like it's going to be tough. I mean, he has better matchups coming up. He's had some tough matchups these past few weeks, but he's on by now and he's not going to help you obviously get into the playoffs. And honestly, maybe him being on by is a good thing. And now you don't have to worry about, should I start him or not this week? Because he's let you down these past few weeks and I'm not sure what the ceiling is anymore. I remember earlier in the season, I said this offense didn't look like it was going to be good for Alvin Kamara. And then he ripped off three top, 12 or right around there you know he was an rb1 for like four weeks and then he just went back yeah. to doing nothing so mm-hmm. i don't understand what that's about maybe if he goes first quarter of the season he wasn't good then the second quarter he was third quarter he wasn't and now fourth quarter he is like i don't know we'll have to see but i'm not expecting too much from him moving forward really disappointing i you know you drafted him to be the rb1 that he's been the past few years and he hasn't been that at all
1: yeah and you know what i mean like i'm looking at the schedule, Atlanta, Cleveland, you know, not bad. You know, I would yeah. start him as an RB2, but he's not he's not winning leagues right now.
2: No, he's not he's not winning leagues. No, he's not winning weeks. He's <laughs> losing weeks. That's what he's doing. I said like the usage is just terrible. And he like I said, with Andy Dalton the quarterback, what are you doing, not giving him at least five or six targets in a game? You know, just out of the backfield. I don't care if it's on a screen or if it's on a little out route. Or just, you know, a, a slant. You can line him up, up at receiver. We've seen Kamara. He can, you know, catch passes. He's the talent that they need, but they're just not using him. Uh, I'm not sure what the offense is about. Like I said, the team just sucks. I don't think this is exactly the problem that Damian Pierce is having. I think Kamara's talented. The offense isn't as bad as the Texans, but it's bad enough that nobody's getting anything done.
1: What's going on with Mike Evans, dude? Four catches, That's- 59 yards, only four targets. His his He has four straight games of 60 yards or less what's going on and no yeah. touchdowns. He, he hasn't, he hasn't scored a touchdown since week four.
2: Yeah. That's just, that's really confusing. And again, this goes back to the team, not being as good, you know, up until three minutes left in the fourth quarter, the game was 16 to three. They hadn't, you know, reached the end zone at all. And then Tom Brady just pulls his clutch gene out. And, you know, he goes and runs two offensive drives to get them back in the lead. And then they win the game. But mike evans the entire game chris godwin again had 13 targets which is just ridiculous he's been on an absolute tear with target share and getting targets and he's catching them he's producing too um it was a little bit quieter for godwin but that was okay but mike evans is is he in tom brady's doghouse like you have to wonder what it is we've seen him you know thrive with tom brady at quarterback and we knew that he was going to be a bit volatile that's the way he's been throughout his career you know he has on days and off days but Recently, it's just been bad day after bad day. So I'm not sure what to expect from Mike Evans moving forward. I'm not really comfortable starting him as a wide receiver one. I'm not really – honestly, not even that comfortable starting him as a wide receiver two. You know, at this point, I I think a flex play would be more appropriate the way that he's produced these past few weeks.
1: It's so crazy. It's so crazy to say that. Um, And on top of that, he he gets San Francisco next week. So, yay. Tough sledding. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, not great. Leonard Fournette returned in this game. He saw 16 touches. Rashad White had 15 touches. It was a 60-40 split in terms of snaps. And Fournette ran 11 more routes than White as well. So Fournette led this backfield in snaps. He ran more routes. So this is far from a Rashad White takeover. And it it makes sense to me because I didn't think White did enough to prove that he deserved to fully take over this backfield. Uh, He also lost a fumble. In this game, so that doesn't help. Uh, I had White ranked uh over Fournette this week, and it only worked out because he ended up catching that game winning touchdown. Um, but going forward, these guys will probably be ranked as borderline RB2 options, you know. And I will have Fournette ranked above White, you know. He had both goal line snaps. That last touchdown by White isn't really considered a goal line snap, by the way, that was outside the five yard line. Uh, and Fournette. Had a far majority of the two minute snaps as well, uh, in PPR yeah. leagues like they'll both be solid because it looks like Tom Brady just wants to dump it down all game long, but yeah. they have San Francisco. They have San Francisco next week, like I yeah. said. So I I won't be looking to start. I won't be excited to start either, uh, unless I'm in a pickle and I need a PPR flex play. Like for example, you. Like, your, your situation this week, you would gladly start either, wouldn't you? <laughs>
2: yeah, if I had him. But that, I, I am combing the waiver wire. Like I said, I've got a long <laughs> list of guys, and I have no fabs, so I'm just hoping I pick up one of them. But with Rashad <laughs> White and Leonard Fournette, it looks like the offense is running through them with Tom Brady. And you wouldn't expect to hear that about Tom Brady offense. I mean, these two running backs, they're going to be able to get it done for you each week. You know, it's not going to be an incredibly high ceiling, but their floor is comfortable enough, like you said, that they're going to be, I think, a solid flex play. Um, If you need to as an RB2, that would work just fine as well. They're just not going to have upside like other guys. Um, but the way that they're getting targeted, you know, they each had at least seven targets, and Rashad White actually edged out Leonard Fournette despite him running more routes last night. He had eight eight targets, and he scored that touchdown. So if this offense can just get its feet under itself, which it had a really hard time doing last night, but it did actually catch up, you know, it seems like the only weapon in the passing game that's working right now is Chris Godwin. Maybe you could say Cade Otten, but he's been – you know, a situational contributor at best. The running backs, I think, are the most, you know, reliable part of this offense that you can expect to produce for your week in and week out, outside of Tom Brady. But Tom Brady hasn't had a huge ceiling either. He's not throwing many touchdowns. He had his his third interception. So I'm okay with these running backs. I I don't think you're going to be, you know, stupid if you start one over the other. You know, you can make a case for Leonard Fournette to be starting your lineup over Rashad White and vice versa. But um, they'll they'll be able to contribute. They're flex plays, very nice flex plays. Low-end RB2s if you need them, but the upside is not very high with these guys. So they're pretty much, you know, just if you have nothing else, you know, you can plug them in have a pretty solid production from them moving forward. And that's what I expect the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially in PPR. Uh, in standard, yeah. or half point, I will be much less inclined to play either. And if I'm going to play one, I'm probably going to play a four net if he's going to continue to get the goal line snaps. Right. I think that's about it that I want to talk about in this game.
0: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Let's move on to the waiver wire rankings. And at number one here, I have Zonovan Knight, and I was kind of surprised with how available that he was. He's available in about 50% of leagues on all platforms sleeper yahoo espn um and we talked about him at length this week <laughs> yeah so i don't want to talk about <laughs> him too much but it basically comes down to this he's looking like a pretty good running back right he yeah. was only behind josh jacobs in force missed tackles over the last two weeks he was third in yards after contact per attempt over the last two weeks among running backs with at least 25 carries okay so he's good uh michael carter can be out again this week he didn't practice at all last week it's possible So he would be a solid RB2 against Buffalo, you know, but even if Carter is back, I won't be surprised if the Jets stick with him as their RB1 because I think they found something in him. So, you know, it's possible that you grab Zonovan Knight right now and you potentially have an RB2 rest of season, you know, whether it's a mid RB2, a low-end RB2, whatever. Like, I want that, right? And then you compare it to James Cook, who I have here at number two, Listen, I really love how the Bills, and I'm comparing these two, like why I have Zoneman at one and why I have Cook at two here, and a lot of people would argue the other way around. But I love how the Bills used Cook last week. But we have to remind ourselves that this might not be like a backfield takeover, right? Like he's a he's a must pick up. But I'm just comparing to the Zoneman Knight situation, where Knight can potentially see 15 plus touches every week moving forward on a decent offense. You know, I'm not sure we can say the same for Cook. And we probably know that he's not getting goal line carries. Both Singletary and Naheem Hines had goal line snaps last week and Cook didn't. Uh, But, you know, 20 opportunities for Cook last week, I mean, on Thursday, right? And 15 for Singletary, four for Hines. So will there be 39, you know, running back opportunities every week for the Bills? Like, I highly doubt that. So, you know, we've been used to around 15 to 20 opportunities, total opportunities for running backs in this backfield uh, for the Bills. Uh, singletary still led the team in snaps last week and it's possible that there's a three-man backfield moving forward here um but yeah. I'm picking up cook and hoping that the snaps like if I'm picking up cook and I have cook i'm obviously hoping that the snaps like continue to swing in his favor uh because he looked good there's no doubt about that it, it's yeah. just a matter of like what do the bills want to do um you know we haven't seen you know this team really commit to one running back outside of Devin Singletary so far.
2: Yeah, with, with the Bills' backfield, you know, there's always liable to switch in one direction or the other. But James Cook, I think he definitely bought himself more touches um, in this game. At least a, a greater share of the pie, even if the pie isn't that big. You know, <laughs> I think he'll get some more touches out of that um, than he was before because he looked good, like you said. And this game was in control for the Bills most of the time. I know we're going all the way back to Thursday night between Buffalo and New England, but they were in control this whole time. So it makes sense that the running backs were going to get some more touches in this game. The Bills can be in control of other games, too. But down the stretch, they have a couple tough matchups actually next week against the Jets. Should be interesting. That's two really good matchups as far as matchup quality go for uh, the Jets. You know, you talk about the Vikings one week and you follow that up with the Bills. They can prove themselves. But um, with James Cook, I I think that he should be a a good contributor. I do think Zonvin Knight is more locked in. We talked about, um, you know, on the podcast yesterday and last week, even, you know, about the waiver wire, that even once Michael Carter comes back, I think that he's definitely, you know, head and shoulders above James Robinson or any Ty Johnson in that backfield for the work. So I think that he'll be getting at least half the work regardless of who's starting. And if Michael Carter's out, he could see a majority, 60, 70% of snaps. I wouldn't be surprised. And like you said, that's going to be huge, especially if you're trying to make your way into the playoffs. Um, But definitely in line to get some more work and rest of the season, his value is up and it's not going to go down as long as he doesn't get hurt.
1: Like who would you be more comfortable? Like, let's say Michael Carter, plays this week. Look, let's say we know he's going to play. Who would you be more comfortable starting, Zonovan Knight or James Cook?
2: Still Zonovan Knight. For me, it's 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 pretty clear. I mean James Cook, like this was a one week that we saw where he actually got the workload and produced at a point where it's like, okay, now we have to pay attention to this. Where Zonovan Knight, he came in relief and he played very well. And then this week again, even in a backfield that he didn't get a whole lot of touches. You know, he was competing with James Robinson and Ty Johnson, obviously still he was able to get it done for you. And I, I think that's really good. He didn't score a touchdown either. So, like, there's no. still room to grow.
1: Yeah. I mean, he had, he caught all five of his targets these past two games. He was involved in the passing game as well. So, that's that's very encouraging for him. And, right. um, yeah. I mean, out of like, and I mentioned this before when we talked about Zanovan Knight on, on last week's waiver wire show, where, you know, when you look at what he did in college, among all the running backs in this class who had, I think it was 25 targets or more, um, he had the highest catch percentage out of all of them. Um, doesn't right. necessarily mean that he'll do a lot after the catch, like James. someone like James Cook, uh, mm-hmm. but at least he, he'll be a reliable running back out of the backfield.
2: It's also worth um, noting that backup quarterbacks for the Jets, even though Mike White looks like he's going to be the starter moving forward, he's not really backup anymore, but guys no. like Mike White and Joe Flacco have been – peppering the running backs you know with targets 100%. and they're perfectly capable of catching those passes you know it's not like they're throwing to nobody's Zombie yep. knights gonna be able to get it done i don't expect that to change you know moving forward that's a big part of their game on offense
1: 100 percent, agreed. good point um so i, t- I got tyler huntley in number three here um you know lamar jackson being out you know you you might have lost your quarterback if you're in two quarterback league you know tyler huntley probably moves all the way up to number one but yep. if you're in a regular one quarterback league you still got to pick up huntley you know i think we don't know how long is going to be out for. And, you know, he's being labeled as week to week right now. But the, the Ravens have been one of the weirdest teams when it comes to injuries. And, like, they don't really let yeah. on, you know, how long guys will be out, whether guys will be out, you know, all that. So, you know, Harbaugh does a lot of that disguising all the yeah. time. So it's very possible Lamar's out for several weeks, two or three weeks potentially. So yeah. you want to pick up Tyler Huntley now because he'll probably be, you know, a top 12 option this week. And then moving forward, I wouldn't be surprised if I have him in my top eight, right? So like, yeah. it, it's getting to a point where he could potentially be a difference maker at the quarterback position.
2: Yeah, I mean, look no further than John Harbaugh's comments after the game where he said, Lamar is day-to-day or week-to-week. It's like, what the mm-hmm. heck does that mean? That's like an endless timetable. You don't know what it's going to be. That doesn't tell us anything more than what we you know would have known, even if he didn't say that. Lamar Jackson, I'm expecting him to be out at least this week, definitely, and then next week, I think that there's a chance that he misses too. I wouldn't be surprised, especially if Tyler Huntley's playing well, they could let him play out the regular season. They're in position to get a playoff spot. And if they want to have Lamar healthy for the playoffs, they might just kind of, you know, take it easy bringing him back. So there's a chance he might miss more than a week or two. You know, he might yeah. not be back until the second round of playoffs or your championship, depending on how your playoffs are structured. So definitely pick up Tyler Huntley if you lost Lamar. You want to be, you know, blowing your fab to make sure you get him because otherwise there's not many other quarterbacks out there that's going to have type of upside that Tyler Huntley has. And at this point in the season, you know, sitting on the waiver wire, you can't let that go. Even if you don't need him, you know, maybe just in case something would happen and you have an extra bench spot, definitely worth a pickup because he's going to be having um, some success. We've seen him do it before. He's filled in nicely for Lamar. And like I said, they don't change that offense at all. He's going to have the rushing offense uh, moving. He's going to get the opportunities pretty close, if not exactly what Lamar Jackson was going to get. So he's a priority pickup.
1: And, you know, if you look at the schedule, like it's solid. You know, he has Pittsburgh this week, which is a matchup I'm not worried about. Uh, then yeah. Cleveland, solid matchup. Atlanta in week 16. That's a, that's a, <laughs> you know, a, a matchup that he could definitely do well in. And then he had Pittsburgh at home at week 17. So this is all all overall. I would be very happy with this schedule if I have Huntley and I know that yeah. he's going to be my quarterback. Um, yeah. Okay. So I got DJ Shark here at number four. He's somebody that I was, you know, kind of eyeing before the, coming into this week because I like the usage that, you know, we saw him, you know, making his first, you know, he was he had his first game back the week before. And, you know, this past week, decent matchup, and he was able to come through. Um, yeah. Now, this week, the Lions are going up against Minnesota. And we know Ooh. how bad Minnesota is matchup. against wide receivers. Very juicy matchup. So, you know, if you need a wide receiver, you need a flex play, go pick up DJ Shark and just plug him in. That's what I would do. Just plug him in. Don't worry about it. Like, just shoot for the upside. You're trying to win this week. Um, And you know what? He might continue to contribute. You know, he caught a touchdown in week 12, right? But then his snaps went up last week. He has Minnesota. Then he has the Jets. So, you know, not really too excited about that. Then he has Carolina. Carolina. It's, it's a decent matchup, but it might not be a matchup where the Lions have to throw a lot. Um, so this right. is really just kind of you want to pick him up, you know, just to kind of play him this week. That's kind of mm-hmm. how, how I'm treating this. But he's so high in my rankings here because I know a lot of people got to win their weeks this week. And DJ Shark is somebody who could uh, who could put up a, a big week this week.
2: Yeah, 100%. And if you're sitting on a guy, I mean, obviously, you know, Cortland Sutton's out. But maybe if you're sitting on a guy like Jerry Judy. Do you think you pick up DJ Chark and maybe play him over Jerry Judy the way that the offense in the matchup the offense has been playing in Denver? I, I think yeah, about that's DJ Chark, a you know.
1: Great question. Go
2: ahead. I think I think he's a worthwhile ad. If you're sitting on a receiver, if you've been, you know, holding on to a receiver who hasn't been producing for you at all these past few weeks, you know, they've had quiet weeks and it doesn't look like the offense is getting better. Especially like I said, if you're holding on to a guy like Jerry Judy, maybe, maybe. I would pick up DJ Chark and throw him in for the upside because this matchup, like you said, is perfect. And it seems like receivers get it done every week. I think he's a more sure thing. If you need certain points, I don't care. You know, Judy might have some upside, but in that offense, I, I'm not looking at, you know, that um, to be better than what DJ Chark's going to get. Even if he only has a couple of targets, like we saw, he had six targets last week. He was able to get it done for you with 14.8 points, uh, high, you know, yards per catch. Uh, I'm picking up DJ Chark and hoping for the best that he could get done for this week. If you haven't had anything better at wide receiver, like if you're sitting on a third wide receiver spot and you're just starting nobody's like, I, I would throw DJ Chark in there and see what he can do.
1: Yeah. I hear you. Uh, it's close between Judy. That's a good, that's a good one because Judy is going up against Kansas city. They're not good against slot wide receivers. Judy did okay last week against Marlon Humphrey, 65 yards against him. That's solid. Um, yeah. So yeah. like I, If you need safety, I'll probably go Judy here. But if you want upside, I think DJ Shark. There's no upside with Jerry Judy, but no. with, with DJ Shark, there definitely is upside. So I like that one. That's a good one. I wonder how close they're going to be in my rankings this week. Yeah. Um, then we got Cam makers here. We talked about him yesterday. This backfield completely shifted in Cam makers' favor. He had two touchdowns in this game, but you know I wouldn't expect that moving forward. This offense actually was actually moving the ball a little bit, which I wouldn't expect moving forward either. Um, you know, with John Wolford at quarterback, but, um, you know, 70% of snaps for makers in this game. It's not Kyron Williams backfield anymore. Maybe it will become Kyron Williams backfield again this week. Who knows? It might flip flop again. You have no right. idea. That's why Kmaker, I mean, he's at five, so it's pretty high. And he's really at five because this is a relatively weak waiver wire week, I would say. <clears throat> it's kind of top heavy, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it's really top heavy. Look at the running backs, um, there's not a whole lot there. I mean, Zonvin Knight, I think there's a good chance if you're in a competitive league that he's picked up. And James Cook might have been riding somebody's bench too. So he's someone that's definitely going to have been available coming off you know, the past few weeks. He hasn't done a whole lot. Um, you could pick him up and hope that, the, running, that the, you know, the momentum stays with him for this next week. Because the offense didn't look as bad with John Wolford, at quarterback. I mean, with Bryce Perkins, it, it was pretty bad. But John Wolford is questionable, I think now going in this week because he has a neck injury or something like that so we'll see how that goes I think he's
1: been I, th- I think he's been had the neck injury if I'm not mistaken um like it was something that he was already dealing with so I'm not sure if this is a new injury I could be wrong right. though.
2: yeah I'm not sure I haven't looked too much into it either I mean I, I kind of tuned out this Rams offense a couple weeks ago <laughs> but um, you know Cam Akers you can't ignore two touchdowns on the ground you have to think maybe he's liable for another one and it wasn't against a bad team you know Seattle is not a bad team they kept it a- relatively competitive so they're able to stay in games like I said the offense still isn't inspiring at all but if somebody's going to produce it might be the running back so if you're short on running backs I think he could be a good pickup for you he's not a priority pickup obviously if Zonvin Knight and James Cook are there you want to be you know spending your fab up on those guys but Cam Akers he could be a consolation prize it's not great but he should be good enough for you this week and if you're adding him for depth I think that's good too because if he comes on the end of the season you know you could have yourself some value there
1: I have Jared Goff up here pretty, pretty high, uh, but that's yeah. because again, he's he sees Minnesota this week. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the, you can
2: pretty much start anybody against Minnesota. It's it's not going to, you know, fluctuate that much whether they're going to score a lot of points or not. I mean, Jared Goff he's been getting it done kind of too these past few weeks. He's looked a little bit better since that game on Thanksgiving. He hasn't been that bad. he um, did play the Jaguars last week, but. In a good in a game against Minnesota, you know, the Lions are in the upswing. The offense looks good. I'm, I'm on Ross St. Brown's cooking. It, it seems like they're going to be able to get it done, you know, this week. They've been scoring a lot of points. And Jared Goff, he doesn't have to play perfect for them to score all those points. And if he could just be, you know, somewhat efficient, he's going to have a nice floor for you. So if you need a quarterback, and you're not going to get Tyler Huntley. You know, he's pretty much the anti-Tyler Huntley, where Huntley has the upside. And Jared Goff, I think he has a pretty pretty secure floor every week. So if you want just solid production, you need that to get in the playoffs, or you just want to Ride out these next few weeks, you know, start somebody. I think Jared Goff can get it done.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think he he has like a 30 point ceiling this week. Like, I think Jared, Joff, Jared Goff can absolutely kill it. I Jared think this Goff, game is yeah. going to pop Jared Goff. Jared Goff, <laughs> he probably, I would say, like, this game, if I had to guess what the over under is going to be, like, by Friday, it's probably going to be like 54 points. Yeah. Like, I think it's like, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I
2: mean, and what do you think Preciser is going to have for yeah. that? Pre- Preciser is probably going to have it at
1: like 59. <laughs> They're probably going to have it at 70. <laughs> Yeah, we <laughs> <laughs> have to have. They, I think they had the, the Chiefs Bengals at like sixty five or something. Like it, that. Was, yeah, it was um, <laughs> yeah, sixty something. That's crazy. Um, and then I got Corey Davis here at number seven. You know, like I mentioned, you know, he had ten targets this past week, but you know, Mike White threw it like almost sixty times in this game. So, mm-hmm. you know, kind of have to understand that you know he might not have such a high target share, but. He is the clear wide receiver two on this offense right now. He's the guy that Mike White is going to go for be behind Garrett Wilson, uh, and going forward, Corey Davis can be you know fantasy relevant. Remember, before uh, he got hurt, he was the Jets wide receiver too. He was yeah. actually fantasy relevant. We had him on our rosters <laughs> if you can remember. <laughs> yeah. He was. Uh, he has potential wide receiver three you know, weeks in him, you know, in terms of like him. And also like in terms of ranking too, like, you know, you might have to, we might have to rank him, you know, in our top 36 or at least close to it. Um, I'm not really worried about this Buffalo matchup, right? He has Detroit the week after that. He has Jacksonville the week after that. He has Seattle the week after that. So with this offense kind of coming on a little bit, this passing offense coming on a little bit, by the way, in, in, you know, in uh, the, the Jets are passing it way over expectation. Like over yeah. the past couple weeks, and that all that all that change was the quarterback, right? Like a new quarterback, just like okay, we're gonna pass the ball down. Thank it's, you. It's, that makes sense.
2: It's all that pent up, you know, want to be passing, you know, that they didn't do with Zach Wilson because they didn't trust him, and now Mike White, you know, he's dealing and he doesn't look bad. Mike White was the change that they needed for these guys to be relevant. Corey Davis, you know, like you said earlier in the season, he was a wide receiver too, and I'd argue he's in a better position right now at quarterback than he was then. You know, obviously it was Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson kind of mixing in there. But Mike White, I think, might be the better passer that he's had this season. And going into a matchup against Buffalo, it's not that scary. I mean, even though Buffalo's defense still is talented, I think that the Jets can move on anybody. I mean, they played against the Vikings, obviously, and they look good, but they also went against the Bears. They've been playing consistent. They have playmakers. And if Garrett Wilson's going to be drawn coverage, Corey Davis, he's a veteran. And that's what young quarterbacks look for. They always find the veteran receivers. Um, That's a trend that we see. So I, I think Corey Davis is a good pickup. Um, He can fill in and be a nice flex for you this week if he's sitting on your wire.
1: Agreed. Um, Now, the Seahawks running back situation is very fluid right now, right? Yeah. Uh, Obviously, Kenneth Walker. uh, Kenneth Walker's banged up, right? We don't know if he's going to play. He might play. You have DJ Dallas. He has a high high ankle sprain, so most likely not going to play. He had to come back in this game with a high ankle sprain because (laughs) Tony Jones also got hurt in that game. So at that point had a sprained knee coming into the game. You know, so like all these running backs are banged up right now.
2: (laughs) Yeah. At that point, I'm just gonna put DK Metcalf in the backfield and see if that scares anybody. You know what I'm saying? I I would do it. I would play somebody else, but we'll see. With the Seahawks running backs, like you said, I think this could be any running back. The healthiest running back is gonna be the top waiver priority at the end of the week. I mean, if you're looking to pick somebody up, you could roll the dice and just throw a dart at one of these guys. We'll see how healthy they are. I think that you know, you said DJ Dallas is, he has a high ankle high ankle sprain. DJ
1: Dallas has a high ankle sprain, which is why I have Travis Homer here. Yeah, okay. I so wouldn't
2: like, I wouldn't expect him to play if that's the case.
1: DJ Dallas, I would not expect him to play. Agreed. Yeah. Um. Kenneth so, Walker, he he has a he might play. Um, He has a jammed ankle and Pete Carroll said that, I don't even know what that is, but but Pete Carroll <laughs> said that it's a weird injury and, but he still has a chance of playing this week. So keep that in mind. If I'm going to pick up anybody, it's going to be Travis Homer because, you know, he does have a sprained knee, so he might not play this week, but yeah. he did end up, he did, um he did practice in, in a limited fashion on Friday before he was ruled out. So, That is some, a little bit of a positive sign, I guess, you know, but it's, you know, now if none of these running backs play, Tony Jones would be up next. And, you know, if you got Tony Jones in your lineup this week, you got some cojones, you got some serious (laughs) cojones. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, and that's pretty much it. Um, who well Darwin Thompson is on the Seahawks practice squad. Remember Darwin Thompson <laughs> yeah, on the Chiefs last him. year? Yeah. Uh you know, he was everyone's darling. He was everybody's uh Isaiah Pacheco last yep. week, except Isaiah Pacheco turned out to be good. Um it's a new so, Chiefs
2: yeah. running back every year. That's what it we'll is. We'll
1: see. Yeah, I wonder who's gonna be next year. It's gonna be you know, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. And I can't wait to draft them in the first round and and watch my team lose. Yeah,
2: um, um, with, with the Seahawks <laughs> backfield, just, just the last word for that, I'm avoiding the Seahawks backfield at this point right now. You know, obviously, if you need to pick somebody up and you're in a bad spot, you can, you know, chase after whoever you want. But me, I'm just kind of keeping my hands off of that because I don't know who's starting. I'm not expecting too much for them. I imagine that the game plan is going to be geared more towards the pass with, you know, they, they have Tyler Lockett and, and DK Metcalf healthy. You know, they have Geno Smith, who's playing very well. There's no reason to hammer away um, in the run game if they have – you know, guys like Travis Homer, they might be really thin at running back. So I wouldn't expect that game plan to be geared towards a run game. I just temper expectations. I'm not expecting much from these backs at all this next week.
1: Uh, I'm a little bit of a Travis Homer stan. So, you know, I might, I might start yeah. him if, if he he's has like, to he's like your,
2: the running back version of Paris Campbell for you. He's waiting for him to get
3: that
1: opportunity. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of I like that. I, I, was never as high on Travis Homer as I was on Paris Campbell, but right. you know, I, I, that's a good, that's a good comparison.
3: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill.
1: I have Kadarius yeah. Tony at number nine here. Um, you know, people have been frustrated with him and the fact that he hasn't been playing, and you know, everything surrounding him with his hamstring injury and all that. Uh, but I have him here at number nine. People have enough people have dropped him to where he's now available in more than fifty percent of leagues. Um, I'm just gonna stash him. Like I'm not looking to play him this week. I don't. I don't know if he's gonna play this week. No idea. Even if he does yeah. play, I don't want to start him unless he's getting full practices all week long, which he probably won't, given the fact yeah. that he didn't practice at all last week. This is a stash. Like I, I probably won't be thinking about playing him for a couple weeks, but it's one of those situations where if he gets a couple of limiteds in this week, he's out, and then next week he gets a couple of full practices in. You might be able to start him in like week sixteen, and I still think there's upside here, and I still think that it's worth. He's worth rostering right now. We still got four weeks left, you know. Yep. So this, that's a lot of time. Okay, we have a whole month left. Uh, for for fantasy football, so I want to I want to I'm going to bench him. I'm going to grab him, throw him on my bench, and just see what happens. There's upside waiting to happen here. I'm not panicking with Kadarius Tony. I'm not completely off of him, and I understand why a lot of people would be. I'm not. Yeah.
2: So that's what it comes down to. I'd be surprised if Kadarius Tony is on the waiver wire. If he is, pick him up. Just bench him, stash him. You know, whatever you need to do, keep him on your roster because, like you said. You can't panic with the Kadarius, Tony. Obviously, there's problems. You know, it looks like that hamstring injury is an issue still. And um, he definitely disappointed you if you started him in your lineup uh, last week or the week before or whatever, whatever it was when he was supposed to go off and, and he put up a donut. I, I think that that definitely makes it difficult for anybody to trust him anymore the rest of the season. But you just have to wait for him to get healthy. and You have to remember that Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. And against the Bengals, you know, it looked like the Chiefs were missing, you know, talent at wide receiver obviously Travis Kelsey was there he had a quiet quieter game um but nobody was really making those plays that they needed in the you know receiving game when they got down to the goal line and they scored that that touchdown to go ahead before the Bengals came back and I think scored a touchdown Mahomes had to jump over the line like jump man on fourth down to get that touchdown be, like <laughs> if they have anybody on the outside on the perimeter in a receiver to actually do some scoring for them you know and actually make that play you don't have to risk your how what's he getting paid like 500 million you don't yeah. have to risk your half a billion dollar quarterback, you know, <laughs> like you don't have to have him do that if you can just get somebody open on the outside and he can throw it instead of, you know, risking himself life and limb to get that touchdown. Um, Obviously, there are bigger problems than that outside of the game. But Kadarius Tony, that wide receiver room is still wide open, even though Juju Smith Schuster and Marquez valdez scandling have contributed, you know, on and off uh, this season. So definitely pick him up and stash him. I'd be surprised if he's on your waiver wire. Pick him up if he's there.
1: Jack McKinnon, I got him at number ten here. Um, he did share the work, you know, with Isaiah Pacheco on early downs, um, and then on top of that, he was a primary pass catcher. And then on top of that, he's getting snaps inside the five as well. So the, these roles will be interchange, you know, interchangeable between these two guys. But yeah. the fact that you know McKinnon is getting a little bit more weighted opportunity, getting targeted out of the backfield by Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, he just has to be picked up. Like he should be on your roster. He's a he's a PPR flex play. Um And then, you know, he has a chance of scoring any given week because of the fact that the Chiefs offense is good. So, you know, he shouldn't be on waivers, I, I-, I would say, especially if this continues to be a two-man backfield.
2: Yeah, I, I like Jarek McKinnon, even though, you know, the running backs in this Chiefs offense haven't been, you know, fantastic for fantasy. Um Isaiah Pacheco has come on a little bit, but Jarek McKinnon is locked in for some receiving work every week. Like. Isaiah Pacheco is the early down guy. He, he got a couple targets last week, I think, but Jerick McKinnon, regardless, is still, you know, the go-to passing down back and they're going to continue to use him that way. And it doesn't seem like his floor is that bad with that receiving work. I think he got exclusively receiving work two weeks ago and, you know, he actually put up a respectable performance for what he got. So he's someone that kind of gets overlooked. You know, if you sitting on your waiver wire, there's a good chance he might be because people just don't see the value in him, but he can be, you know, a solid, you know, Contingency play for every week. Um, I'm not, you know, starting him and expecting huge things. He scored last week, so it looked good. But, um, you know, definitely don't let that type of value just sit on the waiver wire. I, I'd pick him up.
1: I agreed. Um, Jameson Williams, I have him here at 11, just as like a a stash. I'd rather stash Kadarius Tony. Jameson Williams, he had a few snaps last week, but you know, nothing, nothing notable. Like he, like he came in on random plays. Like you know, he came in on plays where they were, they were like kneeling down. So like, yeah. He, I don't know if he's all the way ready. Like if DeAndre like the way they handled the de, the DeAndre Sif situation, we might not see Jameson Williams until 2024 playing a, a legit <laughs> role. <laughs> right. But yeah. like but yeah, no, I'm I'm picking him up, stashing him, you know, if you have the room. But not a priority ad for me. But but no. a, a solid stash, I would say.
2: Not a priority ad. Jameson Williams, you know, I'm not sure even with Amon Robert St. Brown playing the way he is. I'm not sure if we're going to see him get a whole lot of looks. You know, he's demanding a lot of targets. on on Russell Brown is. So I'm not sure James Williams is going to be able to make that headway, especially with a healthy DJ Chark ahead of him. And like you said, DeAndre Swift is starting to, you know, be a bigger contributor for the team overall and in the passing game.
1: You got Mike White at 12 here. If you need a quarterback, you know, White has been getting it done. He's throwing the ball a lot. Um, I'm not necessarily super worried about the Buffalo matchup. If I need a streamer, um, you know, the, the Buffalo defense, They've they've been all right, you know. They haven't been a team that has been just like shutting people down. So yeah, you know, this is going to be a competitive game between these two teams. And he has weapons, and I wouldn't be surprised if he has a decent game. So I I I might not have him as a top twelve option this week, but top fifteen option this week. And you know, depending on you know, (laughs) this is also really like if you need a quarterback the rest of the way and you can't pick up Huntley, you can't pick up Goff for this week, but you need somebody for later on. Like, look at their schedule. You know, like we mentioned the schedule, you know, for like Corey Davis before, and I'll mention yep. it again. After Buffalo, they have Detroit, Jacksonville, and Seattle. So, some matchups where Mike White can actually do his thing, assuming that he remains quarterback. I don't see any reason why they would move away from him at this point, despite Robert Salah saying, Yeah, we do. We, we want to get back to Mike White. I mean, we want to get back to Zach Wilson at some point this year. Please don't do that. Please don't no. do that.
2: Imagine. Imagine Mike White finishes out the regular season, and then Zach
1: Wilson gets to start in the playoffs. Oh Jesus! Because imagine, no, I can't. I, I that would never happen. Imagine that would that would be like the it. worst decision of all time. Would it? Because this is your second
2: overall pick from last yeah, year. You know they are going to be, be like, "Well, let's it, give him another shot." Like
1: in the playoffs, imagine it would be no. a
2: terrible. It would be a terrible decision. Yeah. But you got to think: Do they at least consider that? They're like, how demoralizing would that be? You know, you're finally in a playoff game, and they don't play you? Like, if they do that that would tell me that they're just like off of Zach Wilson. They're going to move him or he's going to just be out or off the team next season. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. You think the jets go for a quarterback maybe next season. I don't don't think they're going to have the draft capital too, but do you think they might be in the market for another quarterback? (laughs) Yes, I think so.
1: If I were them, I would be.
2: If Mike White wins a playoff game, do you think they would be?
1: I, I still think they would. I still think yeah. they would. I think they're going to bring in another quarterback and just make sure that, you know, they, they kind of, like, do their due diligence. Have Mike White there. I think they're going to re-sign him, you know, but not to, like, some, like, starting quarterback type of money. You know, oh, yeah. I think he, he's, he still signs backup type of money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, I got Greg Dolchers here at number 13. You know, he had a decent week last week, but like we mentioned before, you know, it's really hard to depend on the Broncos offense, but... He's one of the few tight ends who is A, running a route on almost every dropback, and B, uh, he's very talented. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like, so that's that's really what it comes down to. So if you need a tight end, he's a solid pickup. Uh and then you got Michael Gallup at number 14 here. We talked about him briefly yesterday. He caught two touchdowns in this game. And, you know, he did a couple of games ago, him and Noah Brown were kind of sharing that wide receiver two spot. But over the last two weeks, he has completely overtaken Noah Brown uh, as the wide receiver too because in two wide receiver sets, he was the, he's the only wide receiver on the field with CeeDee Lamb. Um, so that's something worth noting. And it just so happens that over the last two weeks, he's had better games than before. So if you look at the schedule moving forward, he has Houston this week, decent matchup, Jacksonville, Philly, and Tennessee. So decent schedule the rest of the way. He'll probably be a flex play. Not more than that, but he has a little bit of upside because of the offense.
2: Yeah. A little bit of upside because of the offense. It's when they throw a fade ball, which is pretty much a money ball, you know, for any receiver it's going to Michael Gallup, And he's been very good at that. We've seen that through his career. That's what he does. Um, I think that he's a nice upside flex play every week. I wouldn't be comfortable starting him any higher than that, but as a flex, I think he's fantastic. You know, He's I think he's a, a rough play at wide receiver three, but he's an excellent flex. That's the way I kind of view him, because, you know, you can have the upside there, but you're not going to be burned. You know, if you if you start with flex, he's going to have a couple catches a game, at least as long as he's healthy. The only thing that complicates this for me is if Dallas would sign Odell Beckham, uh, then maybe we start seeing him come off the field a little bit more. I'm not sure. It depends. We'll have to see what the status is of Odell if they do sign him. You know, we're not sure what his health is just yet. They, he might not yeah. even play till the playoffs. Um, yeah. so maybe maybe that worry is a little you know ill founded, but it would definitely complicate things. It would make it harder for me to trust Michael Gallup um, long term. Obviously, maybe next week I wouldn't worry about it even if they signed him, but moving forward, just something to keep in mind.
1: Yeah. It's weird that Odell isn't working out for teams. That's yeah. the weird that's the weird all. That's part what about I'm talking about with,
2: with the health situation. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that is a little odd.
1: I have Tony Jones here at 15 because of what I mentioned earlier that, you know, if if DJ Dallas can't play which I don't think he will he will play because of that high ankle sprain uh if Travis Homer is also out with that knee sprain uh and if Kenneth is out as well uh you know with the jammed ankle then Tony Jones would be next up so yeah <laughs> if you're shooting that straw if you you know if you're you know if you're trying to figure out like who am I playing in this flex you're in a deep league pick up Tony Jones see what happens this week and then I got Alexander Madison at sixteen. Uh, just has a handcuff. That's it. Like he's one of the best handcuffs available on a lot of waiver wires. Uh, you know, Dalvin Cook hasn't gotten hurt in a long time, so that's why Madison's on the waiver wire because people were like, "Yo, I've been holding on to this guy for like ten weeks. Dalvin Cook has been fine. I'm gonna drop him. So I want him. I want to stash him. Keep him on my bench. You never know. You never know yeah. because, God forbid, Dalvin Cook gets hurt, Alexander Madison's gonna be a league winner. That's it. Yeah, That's it. One
2: hundred percent. And Madison. He actually scored a touchdown last week, right? Yeah, a- against the Jets, and he had that celebration. Yeah. That was pretty funny. But, oh uh, yeah, that
1: was funny. Yeah, he he, he did like the the <laughs> soccer the soccer yeah. twerk, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the hamstring the fake hamstring injury and the soccer twerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that was funny. Solid. But uh, yeah, solid,
2: solid. We say th- we say the same thing about Alexander Madison on here every week. So it's like no need to beat the dead horse. He's just you know pick him yeah. up if he's on the waiver wire. He's in perfect handcuff. You know if anything would happen to Dalvin Cook down the stretch, you're gonna have you guys a know big it. power shift.
1: Yeah, you guys know what it is with Madison. Um, yep. And then Jordan Mason, I have him here at 17. He was the guy behind Christian McCaffrey. It was not Tyrion Davis-Price. So, you know, there's not a lot of running backs left in this backfield. Okay, no. You know, Elijah Mitchell's gone. Jeff Wilson's gone. It's Christian McCaffrey. You know, God forbid he gets hurt. Jordan Mason will be the next guy up. We know that this offense, you know, can support running backs. Jordan Mason has looked good in his limited opportunities over the last two weeks. And with more volume, he can get it done. So pick him up. He's a stash. Yeah, I, I don't Mac think C- anything more here. than a stash.
2: He doesn't have any really standalone value for me.
1: No, no standalone value. No standalone value. At, at least if they continue to use Christian McCaffrey the way they use them uh, on Sunday. You cross your fingers. Hopefully. Because that's oh, yeah. how they should use him with Brock Purdy at quarterback. Trust me. I'm crossing my fingers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Matt Collins at 18. Uh, you know, he's a guy that, you know, you kind of just plug in and he's been solid. Like he hasn't gotten, his floor has, hasn't been super low, you know, 11 points, 16 points, 8.5 points over the last three weeks in PPR, nine targets, you know, two of the last three weeks, he sees the Rams this week, which is a pretty good matchup. So I'm fine throwing him, uh, as a flex play and somebody, you know, who Carr has been looking for lately.
2: Yeah. And he's been looking for him all season. You know, obviously he's kind of hurting because Devontae Adams is having such a huge season. But in those games where you know Devontae Adams is a little bit quieter, you know, see you see that's where the targets are going when Devontae Adams doesn't have that huge game. It's going to Mac Collins. So he's liable to be, you know, a, a low end wide receiver too every week. Um, it doesn't always happen. It more often than not, it's, you know, obviously Devontae Adams getting the work, but that type of upside, you can start that. You know, there's nothing Yes. You, there's no reason that you can't start that. I, I would be comfortable starting him, even though he hasn't had fantastic output, you know, throughout the season. Those games where he has, you know, that good target share, he he gets it done. So you can start Mac Hollins, and I'd be surprised if he's on the waiver wire. um If he is, you could pick him up. You know, he's an underrated ad at this point. You know, if you need somebody to fill in for somebody that's on buy, it feels weird having guys on buy week 14. And there's actually a bunch
1: of teams. I know, that, man. I so, so many teams.
2: Yeah, there's a bunch. So this is like the worst case scenario if you're trying to make a playoff push, but if you need somebody to push you in, you know, Mac Collins, uh, he's pretty safe. I, I would sleep well. He wouldn't be the reason I'm up at night if I had to start yeah. in place of one of my starters.
1: Yeah, it's weird to say the Rams is a good matchup, but it is. It just yeah. they haven't been great against perimeter wide receivers this year.
2: The game's gonna be competitive, um, I think. It, 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 at maybe. least at least competitive because the Raiders. Derek have Carr will make it
1: yeah, Derek yeah. Carr will make it competitive because he Raiders, always stoops low to the competition.
2: Yeah, the Raiders have looked good, but you know this is the Raiders we're talking about. And just two, three weeks ago, they were two and seven. So they're five and seven now. Do they maybe maybe make a playoff run? You know, maybe it's in the cards. We'll see. They, they'll be very Raiders of them to do that, but we'll have to see.
1: That's true. Uh, I got Isaiah McKenzie here at nineteen going up against the Jets this week, a little bit of a tough matchup, but the Jets have been a little bit vulnerable to slot wide receivers. The first time these guys played against each other, McKenzie did not have a good game, but if I'm not mistaken, McKenzie didn't even play that much. Mm-hmm. The difference this time around, let's see, McKenzie last time, 66% of snaps, so nothing too crazy, but the rap participation over the last two weeks has been way higher than it has uh, in, you know, before. So the first time they played against the Jets, he didn't have that really crazy route participation, the high route participation. And right. he will this week. So that's why I think McKenzie is a solid pickup in PPR leagues. You know, you kind of want to be attached to the bills offense. And, you know, I, one of the reasons why I like McKenzie early on the year is because of that chance that, you know, he sees, you know, 70, 75%, 80% route participation with Josh Allen and any, any receiver who's getting that, especially out of the slot. I want that. Um, and now he's kind of getting that a little bit more over the past two weeks. So I'm I'm, I'm right. cool with McKenzie. He might have had a bigger game last week, you know, if uh, he didn't get hurt early in that third quarter. Um, and he, you know, he, I think he he only he already had five catches early in that third quarter. He Could have had more. So yeah, something to keep in mind going into this week.
2: Yeah, he we the reason we were you know you you were talking about was because you thought about him maybe having the Cole Beasley role, you know, the slot receiver yeah. from Josh Allen, you know, he could do that and he still can. I think Isaiah McKenzie might be just a bit more talented than Cole Beasley. Obviously Cole Beasley can run routes, but I think yeah. Isaiah McKenzie has, you know, more speed. He's, he's more of a burner. He could do more with the ball once it's in his hands than Cole Beasley did. But um, yeah, if he can get to that type of role, which it looks like he's kind of trending that direction. He's definitely, you know, moved up in the offense as far as them wanting to use him. They definitely want to use him a little bit more. Um, so you could pick him up. He's fine. I think the upside is there because he has boom and bust weeks. He's not necessarily Gabe Davis, but, you know, he'll get it done for you. I think his floor might be a little bit safer and that might just be Eh, maybe not. I don't know. We'll have to see. But as <laughs> kid, it's a good offense. He's a receiver yeah. there. He's talented. Josh Allen's quarterback. Enough said. You know, pick him up. At, at,
1: yeah, at, yeah. At this point, it's just like you kind of shooting at straws. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. you know, who who knows? Um, and then I got Nico Collins here at number twenty as, as the last one. Um, you know, he had eleven targets this past week without um Brandon Cooks in the lineup. Uh, Brandon Cooks, like, it's one of those situations where like. Do so the Texans just shut him down. Like he was number one. Like he didn't want to be there. Right. He, yeah. He's dealing with a little bit of an injury. I have a feeling that they might just shut down. Brandy cooks. It's very possible. Um, Nico Collins. You know, I don't even think cooks is that hurt. Like if this was a competitive team, I don't think cooks would be out of this game. Yeah, like I think he would yeah. have been playing this entire time. Um, so he's been in and out the lineup. I think Nico Collins could potentially be the target leader uh, over the next several weeks. Uh, so you know, someone to pick up. You know, I'm not super excited about it. I don't even think he has a high floor. Uh, but the fact that you know, you got to pay attention when somebody gets 11 targets. You know, he did have yeah. a touchdown last week. I would not start him against Dallas <laughs> personally, no. like, I would not. But they have Kansas City in week 15, Tennessee in week 16, and then Jacksonville in week 17. So good playoff matchup. Uh, and I'm only picking him up, uh, you know, in case Cooks does get shut down. So this is. I'll pick up that, you know, you're in a deep league and you'll pick up Collins. And that's about it. Yeah. I, I'm not really comfortable starting Collins if Cooks is active.
2: Something to note, though, about, you know, Nico Collins. He's had 10 to get what, 11 targets, 10 targets last week, nine with targets the week before that, seven and 10. You know, they've yeah. been playing from seriously behind in a lot of those games yeah. these past two weeks, especially. And he makes up a lot. He gets a lot of targets in garbage time, you know, and that could be worth something. I mean, they're playing against Dallas and Dallas could you know go up early and I don't want to get ahead of myself because I'm a Cowboys fan I don't want to jinx them but they could get up early and Nico Collins could just have that garbage time you know touchdown that would make him relevant on the week you know and he's getting those targets anyway obviously 11 targets last week he only had three catches so it's not fantastic but he's getting enough volume where it's kind of forcing him to be relevant and that's okay
1: um I'm going to be choosing the um like whatever the spread is in this game, I'm going to be choosing the Texans. This is like the ultimate trap game ever. Like it's like the one of the yeah. best teams in the league and the worst teams. Like this, this spread is going to be ridiculous. If I'm you, choosing yeah, the Texans. If you want
2: to talk about, yeah, the point differential in these teams, Dallas leads the league at plus one twenty seven, and the Texans are minus ninety nine, and that's
1: the worst in the league. So oh, the I, I actually, I do see an early. The early spread is fourteen and a half.
2: That's not even that bad. <laughs> I thought earlier this season I saw somewhere I, I had an uncle. I was he was betting and um he had the bills 20
1: and a half against the steelers i remember <laughs> like, that and this and this, i think this did the steelers i think the steelers no didn't, they didn't cover they uh, didn't no they didn't no <laughs>
2: <laughs> he had the steelers he's like this is a mike tomlin team you know this, this uh, they can't lose by 20
1: and they uh, did. that would literally be my uh, rationale as well yeah i'm um, i'm
2: surprised but, the line isn't the, the you know the spread isn't any bigger it might, it might, it the
1: might get a little bit bigger. I mean, are they? I think it's probably in Texas. That's probably why. Um, you know, if it was in in Dallas, it would be a lot higher. no, it's in I Dallas. think it is in Dallas. No, it's in Dallas. Yeah, it's in Dallas. Yeah. Wow.
2: So, uh, uh that's confusing. Maybe it's because we it, we saw it, Dallas hear, trying to play with hear, their food. Did
1: you hear, did you hear what I just week? said, I said it's in Texas. Like, yeah, no shit. It's gonna be in Texas. Regardless. <laughs> it's the
2: battle of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Like Texas. I don't know, uh, but yeah, with with Dallas. You know, that, that, that's interesting. I'm not sure why that would be. And I don't want to talk up, like I said, my team too much, but I don't know. That seems a little odd. I might take, you know, Dallas to cover in that one if it's Maybe. only two touchdowns. Like, come on.
1: Maybe. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us, guys. Um, We'll see you guys tomorrow. We'll, we're going to be going over our quarterback rankings and our running back rankings for week 14. Big week. Big week. Make sure that you stay tuned this week. You know, listen, even if you're out of it, I don't know if you listen to it if you're out of it or if you're going to be out of it. I I think it's, it makes sense to keep paying attention because you might not have paid attention to Amon Ross and Brown last year and you wouldn't have drafted him this year, yep. right? Like, a lot of things happen towards the end of the year where, you know, things matter. You got to pay attention and it'll give you the upper hand going into 2023. Okay. See what did there? Uh, but <laughs> I, yeah, you're right. I didn't even notice that. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, uh, good luck this week. Uh, good luck in the waiver wire claims. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Take it easy. See ya.